You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. We appreciate you for dealing with the episode yesterday. We got through two segments. And then the last segment, you got to hear me rap a little bit about the chance of the Hornets going three and three, which is something that Nada laughed in my face about I was in the corner in fetal position and Nada was still pointing at me and laughing at me like a bully. And then what do the Hornets do? Nada, they go three and three crazy. I knew you were going to bring this up. (laughs) You couldn't, you couldn't help. You could not help yourself. You couldn't wait. We have a whole bunch of content to go to get. We really do. We have an entire game (laughs) and we have rumors and everything. And what do you do? Mm -hmm. You're like, you know what? Instead of going the direct path, you know what we, we're going to do? We're going to take a side street, and we're going to mention that Nada laughed at me because ha, 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 I ended up being right. So, like, well, I don't, I, again, <laughs> I, I can't believe you. I really can't. Well, one, you, I'm surprised. You should be able to believe I'd go there. Two, we don't even have to pay attention to the fact that I thought two and four was the likely outcome either, and I just brought up three and three. We don't have to pay attention to that fact. Let's go with the thing that makes me right. And now let's just go back in hindsight, change what is reality and say that I actually did say the Hornets are going to go three and three. We're going to get to the West Coast road trip in its completion. Hornets win last night in a huge way. Minnesota is broken. They're awful. And they've got Carl Anthony Towns in a mess right now. Um, But the Charlotte Hornets, they took advantage of it. So that was fun to see the Hornets be able to destroy them. We do have trade rumors. Sham Sharania puts out there in an article that the Hornets are interested in a all-star this year. Who is that? You got to stay tuned. That's what we call a tease in the business. That's something that transitions from radio to the podcasting world. We're going to bring it. You got to stay tuned to the second segment. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, we're going to have our first ever open discussion on who gets the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Locked On has partnered with Michelob Ultra to create a custom segment across the NBA titled the Ultra Player of the Week. Each week, we'll identify one player from Charlotte that made the big play, got you on your feet, cheering for the bugs, whoever made you feel joy, happiness, enjoyment, all of those emotions. And two weeks ago, we started with Michael Jordan. Last week, clearly it was Terry Rozier. There was not another person you could come in with and say he deserved player of the week over scary Terry. A little bit of a down week. I don't even know if down, just he wasn't flames like he was except for last night. And then the third quarter happened and he went bananas again. But Two other guys, I think, deserve this award the most, Nada, and it's really tough. This is a really tough debate where you and I, I think, both are unsure. We both came up with our answer and our pitch, and it was like, uh, yeah, but I see your point. We, We were actually, it was the nicest argument ever. I was like, yeah, no, I see your point, but what about this? Yeah, no, I see your point, but what about this? The two players, it's Malik Monk and it's LaMelo Ball. I think those are the two guys that are in contention to win the ultra player of the week. And is it because um, you can party with either one of these guys because of the taste, not only because of the taste, but it only has two and a half carbs and 95 calories. So both of them can enjoy some Mick ultra with whoever wins this award. But 
Malik Monk and LaMelo had really good West Coast road trips, Nada. You look at what LaMelo did on this trip. He scored, it starts with the uh, the Utah Jazz game. He scored 21 points, uh, 20 points, 22, 24, 30, and then 19. Against Minnesota last night was the only time he did not reach 20 points, and he still shot 7 of 13 from the field overall and 4 of 5 from 3. I, the three-point percentage for him, it, it continues to be insane. <laughs> I mean, here's LaMelo, where it it was a concern of mine for sure, and I think a lot, even the LaMelo enthusiasts, they were hoping that he would get to like 36 this year, and he's shooting 38, and he's been really hot lately, but LaMelo stuffing the stat sheet, and he gets an accolade again for Eastern Conference Player of the Month for the second straight time. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Rookie of the month, not player of the month. Oh, that's right. Rookie I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Just in our hearts, he was Eastern Conference player. Eastern Conference rookie of the month for the second straight time. You stopped me dead in my tracks. I was like, wait, what happened? You're welcome. Man, You're you welcome. really, you just put me to a halt, but I appreciate it. I needed it. Eastern mm-hmm. Conference rookie of the month for the second straight time. Um, the only two awards that have been given out in that regard this season. And then he gets named to the Rising Stars Challenge, which, of course, he would get named to the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, he also was invited to participate in the Skills Challenge at All-Star Weekend, but he denied it. So a lot of accolades coming his way, invitations. Not only was his performance on the court extremely good this week, but the NBA was recognizing it, um, recognizing it in some ways. And then you go to Malik, nada. And Malik was awesome on this road trip. He shot a really good percentage from the field. He only had one bad game from distance and every other game on the road trip. He shot at least 43%, 42.9 to be exact. He was averaging over 20 points per game on this road trip. I think what you've done from him, you got the accolades from LaMelo, but you get the conversation starting a little bit more about Malik and his future. Like this was the road trip that I think got everybody either on board with Malik or at least they got him talking. This was somewhat of a reputation changer. The The way that he's been playing since he's entered the rotation has been really good. But this road trip, that was a stretch that did him a, a world, even got him to a different level. So this one's tough for me, not a, at the end, we're going to try to find a guy. Who are you leaning towards when we talk about Malik, who gets the player of the week, or is it LaMelo who gets the player of the week? Is it bad that I kind of wish I had a quarter so I could? <laughs> no, it's pick? not. This one's tough. This one's really this tough. This one is now tough. Yeah. Like, the thing that I understand, the thing is, and you bring it up, like, LaMelo has been probably the most consistent player on this road trip. The highs have been higher for other guys, but not by much. But at the same time, you saw a kid legitimately grow up. And the only thing that really stopped him for for being just having an exceptional road trip was the last game in him being clearly tired. And you saw that this year. You saw that in that game yesterday. Like that was that was the only thing that stopped him was fatigued. He was clearly lagging at this point. The only thing that I like and then you have Malik who is who legitimately won you a game on this like he won you. Again. Yeah, he gets you along with PJ. He definitely yeah, he hit that and one to to beat Sacramento, which is just another thing to measure exactly. when trying to figure this out. It's not even. And actually, now that you mention it, I I was honest. I forgot about the Sacramento game for a second. 
I was talking more about Phoenix. Oh yeah, <laughs> where he had that, where he had twenty points in the. I think it was like twenty points in the first half or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, it was. So you're talking about he's won you two games on this on this road trip. So it was really, really, really hard to like differentiate between the two. And if there was a way that we could split it, I would probably be happy with it. But no one's going to be happy with me if I choose to split it. So I'm just going to just close my eyes, and I'm probably going to give it to Malik. And only because Whew, yeah. I have a feeling that we're going to have another opportunity at some point to give LaMelo his flowers with this award. He's got every other award. We need to give the flowers to Malik. It's only fair. It's only right. So we might as well just do it again. Just give it to Malik and we'll go for it. You know, it's fun. I was kind of leaning that way too, that LaMelo, he's going to get so many more opportunities down the line and he's already got, uh, he already received a ton of, uh, attention via the accolades that he got and other things like that. And so that's kind of like why I might've been leaning more towards Malik. I think overall it's probably LaMelo, but God, it's tough. You, you go Malik. Let, let's do it. All right. Malik is the winner. Malik. I, I think when you're talking about just even career trajectory, we already loved LaMelo coming into this, even though the West coast road trip was awesome for LaMelo. I, I think Malik did more for himself just looking at what he's looking at, how good you feel about him towards the future. And I think because yeah. of that, I'll go with Malik as well. If anybody out there is angry that we're not going LaMelo, I hear you. That's absolutely fine. If you want to go with LaMelo, he is more than deserving of that ultra player of the week award, but we're going to decide on Malik. So it is written. So it is done. Malik Monk gets the ultra player of the week. He stays bringing us all the joy and the happiness. He did a couple of times with the insane first half that he had against Phoenix with the and one play that eventually won that game, capping off a crazy comeback against Sacramento. Are you happy because you won or do you win because you're happy? Malik Monk gets our third ever ultra player of the week. We've got some rumors to address coming up next segment on the lockdown Hornets podcast, a part of the lockdown podcast network. This is Locked on Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being had exactly. out there. Goodness gracious. Exactly. Unexpected ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're covering everything you need to know about the Hornets, but what about the rest of the, uh, the world in sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Don't even need that much time. Just got 20 minutes to go, and then you can get updated on everything you need to know. Subscribe to Locked On Today's podcast wherever you get your podcast. So, Nada, we got some rumors to address. It's going to be interesting. Um, Shams Sharania of The Athletic. Yeah. He wrote about some of the stars that could be on the move, some of the things to pay attention to as the NBA trade deadline comes up. And when you scroll down to the Orlando Magic, he's got teams kind of broken up in some different categories. And you get to the Orlando Magic, and he writes this. The Celtics and the Hornets are among teams interested in Magic two-time All-Star Nikola Vucevic. Rival teams expect that any haul for Vucevic would have to be massive. 
The seven-foot big man is having his best NBA season, averaging 24.5 points, 11.7 rebounds, and 3.7 assists, while shooting almost 42% from three-point range. Vucevic has spent nine of his 10 NBA seasons in Orlando. Nada. Vucevic Hmm. is an all-star, a two-time all-star, and he got an all-star bid this season. It is his best season, as Shams writes in this piece about all of the things you should be paying attention to as the trade deadline comes up. Another thing that's attractive about Nikola is that his contract, it's a good one. You look, it is a good one. After this season, he's got two more years left on his deal and he's making $26 million this year. It's a descending contract. So he makes 24 million next season and he makes 22 million in 2022 and 2023. He is 30 years old right now, but the guy is playing bananas offensively. I mean, what do you think, Nada? Like a lot of these things that are thrown out there, I, I I usually hold back because probably to an annoyance, I've been a hold on to your young players and assets type of guy, and I've been somewhat conservative. And Mitch Kupchak has mm-hmm. as well. I think in a good way for the most part. This one isn't crazy to me. What do you think, Nada? What do you think about the possibility of Vucci main, which by the way, I would love it just because of that. We can have a Vucci main on the nice. roster. Um, what do you think about Vucci main coming to the Charlotte Hornets? My question is why? Like, and, and by, by asking why, what I mean is this. If you're going to do this, are you sure that you are second round good? That what it's going to cost you is going to complete is going to guarantee that you get to the second round because if you're going to do that then okay I understand but from the way I see it a trade for Vooch is going to cost you at minimum one of PJ PJ Washington and Miles Bridges probably Cody Zeller for the for the for the uh mm-hmm. cap filler and it's probably going to cost you a, tw- a 2021 first Plus another tw- plus another pick, and then that's e- that's even considering that you may have to throw in another guy like Devonte Graham for it to really really work. That's not worth it. Yeah, it's it, it's not worth it. That price is going to, as Sham said, it's going to cost a lot to get him out of there. And if you're telling me that a depleted roster that has already shown that it can't stay healthy is going to be good enough to stay at least in the four or five sit or at least the four or five spot, which is probably the best place they can be to win a win a playoff series this season. That's what it, like it doesn't make sense. Why rush the rebuild when again we are only in year two? Year two rebuild and people want to already press the accelerator. Sometimes, guys, just letting things play out normally might actually work the best way. And for some reason, I don't understand why we can't, why fans can't seem to understand. Yeah, that. while I try, while I try to set it up as it not being absolutely nuts to consider this, I, I don't think it's crazy. I do agree with you, basically, on everything you just said. It, trading for a Vucevic, a guy that is thirty, albeit on a good contract and great offensively. It, it is going to take a massive haul. He just said it right there. Sham Shrania did. You're, you're talking about what, the package that you came up with. It seems about right to me as well. You're getting rid of 
something valuable and young on this team, something that is truly an impact asset. Clearly, LaMelo Ball is untouchable. He's the only real untouchable asset on this roster. PJ, I don't want to get rid of. Um, I don't want to get rid of first round picks. And even recognizing that Vucevic would bring you some real value in return, not a, this is not a team that is struggling offensively. This team is really nope. good. This team is putting up a ton of points. You need help defensively. You need help for somebody to be able to protect the rim adequately enough to where you're not having franchise record three set on you every single outing. Vucevic doesn't do that. Here's what our friend Philip Rossman Reich writes on the Orlando Daily um, about Nikola Vucevic's defense this season. And he actually praises it to some degree. He says, lest you consider Vuce's defense as his biggest weakness, statistically, he is faring well there too. This is a month ago, by the way. He has a .9 defensive box plus minus. That's a mark he has only topped twice in his career. A .7 defensive win share. Uh, a .7 defensive win shares ranks him 17th in the league at the time. There is still plenty of fair criticism of Vooch's defense and his ability to defend at the highest levels. The team has been at its best defensively this year with Vooch off the floor statistically. But clearly, two, most defensive metrics do not pin this defensive uh, the difference entirely on Vucevic. In addition to the strong defensive metrics from basketball reference, 538's Raptor gives Vucevic a positive defensive rating. Vuce has been better defensively, but he has never been this good offensively. It has completely transformed how Magic fans are talking about him and his place in the NBA. Those stats are a little dated now because it was a month ago when he wrote that and the box plus minus defensively has gone down. It's actually at a point one, which is significantly... You know, it's a decent portion down, still in the positive, but it has gone down a little bit. So, you know, not a, for me, I mean, offensively, <clears throat> you don't need a ton of help right now. Cody Zeller, I think is fine at the five. You certainly need depth at the big man spot, but you also need defense. And I'm not going to give up legitimate, good, young assets and draft picks to go get somebody even on a good contract and will help you offensively. I don't think you need a ton of help offensively. You don't. And that's that's where I'm like, we just talked about this yesterday. If there was a big to trade for that won't cost you nearly as much, Rashawn Holmes is right there. Go for Rashawn Holmes. Is that Holmes. who you're hitching your yeah. wagon to? For this trade deadline right now, yes. Because it's the cheaper option than what like Vooch is going to cost you. Because at this point, there it doesn't make sense for me. It doesn't make sense on any, like on any level for this to, for the Hornets to trade for Vucevic. Unless you're saying, we're just going to try and score 140 points and pray that the other team scores maybe 130, 120. Like, that's that's the gamble that you're making. And I'm not sure. That I, I like that gamble, especially in the playoffs when everything slows down and the ability to inbound the ball very, very quickly dies down. Like, there's a lot of this that, like, I don't want to re and and maybe this is something that I also see and this is maybe a paranoia of mine. The idea that 2016 could happen again is very 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 like prominent in my mind right now. <laughs> well, and the idea of loading up one year again, two years into a rebuild for and throwing Vucevic in there and committing to your core for at least the next 3 or 4 years of at least LaMelo, Hayward, Vukovic, and then 
whomever's left between PJ PJ Washington and Miles Bridges, and then probably Malik Monk, probably. Like, that's your five that you're basically committing to for right now. I don't feel comfortable saying that's a team that consist that can consistently get to the second round. I don't feel confident. Yeah, I mean, here and, and you kind of brought this up a little bit. I, I want a playoff series win. I think that's something that we should be shooting for as a franchise and because you haven't had one since the early 2000s. We, we got close in 2016 when the Hornets played the Miami Heat and then they got destroyed in game seven. That's the last time that you got really close to winning a playoff series. It never happened with the Bobcats. The two times they made it, they got swept. And I think that would be <laughs> to win a playoff series would be something this ha- team hasn't done in more than a couple of decades or at, at, you know, at this point, right? If I don't expect them to do it this year, but it doesn't mean one that I want to get rid of some of the younger assets, right? When you think about the micro and the macro, the micro is you've got Vooch, Hayward, and ball as your big three. I don't know what the bench is going to look like given the package that you would have to give up in order to get Vooch on the roster, but you know that your bench is depleted and you know that the macro is somewhat hurt because you're getting rid of younger players and they're not going to develop for you anymore. They're going to develop for the Orlando magic. You you trade Vooch, then you're trying to rebuild. And so you're trying to get as much stuff as you can possible enough, good picks, young players to help you look like you have a bright future and you're getting rid of the star that's playing for you right now. What does that do? So uh, your big three of LaMelo, Gordon, and Vooch, right? You've got two years left of those guys playing at a high level and you're really hoping LaMelo improves greatly the next two seasons. So what's your max window? Your, your, your max window with the big three that you would try to, to grab onto, it's like next season, the year after. And then once you have the year after done, the window's gone because Vooch is coming off of his deal after that anyway. And he's going to be two years older already on the wrong side of 30. And so is Gordon Hayward. And, and, and you know, Gordon Hayward's already going to be making a ton of money anyway that season. And you're probably sacrificing you know, that, that last year of, of, you know, the contract in this last season is probably not going to be that great. I I don't, I don't like it. I'm with you. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And even one more thing before we move on, because you know, it is interesting. You're talking about an all-star that could potentially be on your team. If this is true. Um, we talked about the fit with LaMelo and I basically only gave one requirement that that player be able to catch the basketball. And that's about it. I still think Vooch would be a fine fit with LaMelo. You have yes. you you put him on the outside. He's shooting over forty percent from three. He's been great that in in that regard. And Lamelo could drive to the basket. It's the classic, right? You you drive to the basket, you kick out, and uh, and that would be really hard for defenses to go up against. But also, you lose athleticism. You lose the switchability. You know, it's not like Nikola is this lob threat. I mean, yeah. When we talk about fits. Even if I think it would be fine, I also don't think it's the thing that maximizes LaMelo's ability to play. I, you know, that it's not the greatest to me. No, it's not. And it, the thing, the other thing is, like, the only th- way this helps is that LaMelo 1-5 screener rolls are going to be deadly. That's the only thing it does because... Well, and the pick and pops, right? Like, you think yeah. about LaMelo dribbling, you know, so Nicola sets the screen. Nicola pops out to the three-point line. LaMelo gives you his patented over-the-left-shoulder right-handed pass that you see a handful of times a game, which I absolutely love. That would be deadly. Yeah. 
like it would be deadly, but at the same time, defend like and it's the same thing that we've talked about for at least the last little bit. Unless as big as blocking shots primarily and grabbing rebounds, I'm not sure it helps you. It I like that's the biggest thing that I just keep coming back to. Where is it worth it to go all in in year two of a rebuild? It doesn't feel smart. It feels like 2016 again when we when this team went in all in with Kemba, Marvin, Batum. How'd that turn out? One playoff, one playoff run. That was it. Yeah. Everything else was close, but not close enough and not deep enough. And why to why sap the depth of this team in year two of a rebuild when we're kind of not sure that they're who's going to stay a part of this core and who's not. Like it doesn't make sense to go all in before you're ready. This team isn't ready to go all in. Vooch um, is something yeah. you finish with. Yeah, we agree a hundred percent on everything. Like to a T. Nada. Look at us today. We are just singing kumbaya on this Lockdown on. Hornets podcast. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Pretty big necessities. Save money for them. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil. They even got new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Uh, let's talk about the game last night. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I don't like doing that unless, like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, Prospect, Scouting Reports, uh, Draft Rumors, Mock Drafts, full coverage of March Madness, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Fantastic. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Also, make sure you visit Bet Online AG. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA's not. College basketball isn't. NHL is in full swing, so you can go there and bet on those sports. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. I want to say one other thing about this Vooch rumor. Yeah. It comes from Shams Sharania. And I don't know if this is fair, but I feel like not of the last couple of years, the reputation has descended a little bit for Shams, in my opinion, as far as how much I take everything he says for gospel. Whatever, Woj, and, and that's that's probably true of a ton of different journalists. Nobody's 100% right. There are some times where the NBA agents are going to be feeding the information they want to because that's the sources that everyone's dealing with. And I'm not hating on the game. But what I am saying is I'll always go back to 
when Mitch Kupchak seemed to genuinely kind of roll his eyes at the closeness of the Hornets acquiring a Marcus all because it was Shams Sharania's account that we were all refreshing yeah. when that rumor was hot, man. It seemed like he was going to the Hornets. It, 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 it was, I mean, not a, we were somewhat like, this is basically a done deal. Just what is the piece going over to Memphis? And then eventually we refresh it. And Marcus all is heading up to the Toronto Raptors to go win a championship. And we're like, all right, Mitch Kupchak talks about it afterwards. And he's like, yeah, to be honest with you, I don't know how truly close we ever got to making this thing happen. Like it is like, this wasn't, it, it wasn't, re- it wasn't that close, it really yeah. wasn't as crazy close. And I know, and you know, Shams is kind of getting, you know, clowned a little bit here and there because of some of the stuff that he's put out the last couple of years. So like, I don't know. I just take it with a grain of salt. What do you think about that too? Like for me, I've always just, and and Mitch is conservative. We've seen it with the trade history and non-history that he's had with the Hornets. I even saw Bobby Marks, I believe, put this out there that Mitch Kupchak is viewed around the association as one of the most conservative GMs in the league. It's hilarious. It's a 180 degree difference from what you heard about him coming over from the Lakers organization where the dude was a deal maker. Granted, yeah, two different, well, sorry, excuse me, just my bad, just like two different markets, right? Like I I understand that there's huge different markets and different situations. You got Kobe and Shaq for a lot of your career and you have the Hornets, you know, and it's, it's a big difference between LA and Charlotte, but still we talked about the benefit of him being a deal maker. And now he's viewed as one of the more conservative guys in the league. I would say to a benefit of the Hornets, not pulling the trigger on something to, you know, get embarrassed any kind of trade deal. But yeah, like I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how close this is going to be to getting done or really the level of interest that they have right now in Vooch. I, I don't think they, they're, I don't think they're ever like, I do think there's some interest, but it's like one of those, okay, if he's coming cheap and, and, or he wants out to where he can tank the value, tank his own value, then yeah, I think that's, I think that's the level of interest. But at the same time, we talk about Mitch being willing to trade out in LA and do this, that, and the third. We also got to remember that there wasn't a lot of talent on this roster in the first two years yeah. to where he can make a deal. And I think it's a lot easier. Uh, and obviously, obvious things are obvious, but I don't think you could make a deal if you don't have talent or you're going to consistently overpay. And if you're not going to pay overpay in players, you're probably going to overpay in picks. And as a small market, Mitch understands that first round picks are probably the most valuable currency until you actually draft them. So unless you're talking about actually having the talent to where you can move players and have not have it cost you that that much, then you really don't have the ability to do those trades. So I do think that there is interest. I also just don't think that they have nearly enough of the stamps on the passport to trade for Vooch without it significantly hurting this team. So, like, at what point does it just... And this is where I'm. This is where I'm going to continue to say, at least for this year, unless someone, unless there's a significant sign of, hey, they can win around this year and they can can consistently be good. Sometimes the middle of the road is the best. And with the small market, I just want people to understand that sometimes your first round picks are worth more than they are to a big market. <clears throat> and if you're going to trade your first, if you're going to trade first round picks, you have to have certainties. Vooch does not guarantee you anything. Yeah. He doesn't get, and I think that's the end of it for me. Like, he doesn't guarantee you at least second round. He doesn't guarantee you 
that you're going to make a make a Eastern Conference Finals in the next two three years. Because that's why you would be doing it. You would you would be exactly. you would be doing it to win a playoff series. Because you're clearly not an Eastern Com- You're not a Finals representative. You're not an Eastern Conference Finals representative. You know, you're you're not making this trade and thinking we can sneak by and be among the top two teams in the East, even with an East that's kind of crazy right now, you're not going to be better than Philadelphia in a couple of seasons. You're not going to be better than even, even with Boston struggling. I mean, how many people are truly taking the Hornets in the next couple of years over Boston when you have Jalen and and, and Jason on the roster and, and even with Milwaukee, you know, I don't, I don't care even if they, if, if they fire bud, you know, they still got Giannis and Middleton who have plenty of years left. Like, yeah, I, I just, it, it, you're right. I, I think you're totally right. I agree. I don't think it's worth it by any means. Real quickly, we'll try to give a quick, uh, quick recap of this game. Hornets destroyed the Timberwolves when it came to the second half. Terry Rozier went bananas in the third quarter. He went six of 12 from three-point range. He hit three three-pointers in the span of a minute and 29 seconds. And then he hit a fourth wide open three pointer where that brought them to an 18 to nothing run against Minnesota. And by the way, what, that fourth free cat Carl Anthony Towns people free Carl Anthony Towns yeah that's true too but on that fourth three pointer that Terry Rozier hit I mean Lamelo he he just had he had nobody in front of him or maybe he had like one person in the paint or whatever and then Terry's wide open it was it was clearly the pass to make and it's just funny like Lamelo put some kind of crazy spice on that pass that was totally unnecessary and I loved every second of it I mean exactly. it's just like this guy is just just fooling around and it's a pinpoint like it, it was wide open I'm not going to make this the, the greatest pass in the world but it's just hilarious that Lamelo is just like all right you know I think it was like some kind of bounce pass or you know just one, I don't know. It just looked saucy, and it was just it just made me laugh when he did that. Terry went crazy in the third quarter. Um, Lamelo continues to hit w- with uh, with a good level of frequency, four to five from three point range. Good to see him do that. Malik had the buzzer beater in the first half. That was fun to, first, uh, to see him hit a couple of threes. Uh, what were some of your main takeaways, Nana? Uh, most of the main takeaways were just like, I feel bad for Carl Anthony Towns and I feel bad for Anthony Edwards. Like that's, that's the extent of it. Otherwise, like it just, the Hornets beat up on a bad team and the Hornets took care of business in a game where like, again, in a game where you expect at least some kind of like mess with it because it's the last game before the all-star break. Like I just, I'm happy that the Hornets came out. It was a slow start. It was an ugly start, but they handled business at the end of the day. That's all you can ask for. It really is. In my opinion, not a, here's the thing I think we should feel good about with the Hornets. And I, I did an extra point about this two weeks ago and they've still kept this up. The Hornets are taking care of the teams that they're the favorite against for the most part. So the Timberwolves, for instance, like we we wanted this to be at least a two and four record out West. But once they beat Phoenix and Minnesota had lost like seven or eight in a row, if they would have lost last night, that would have not been good. You get Gordon back. Minnesota has been awful. They've been a clown show. I, I wanted that win. Even if you would have yeah. gone two and four with that, and that would have been acceptable by what our expectations were, man, that would have been bad had they lost. So three and three, give it. It's still good, but I did not want mm-hmm. them to lose to Minnesota. But they didn't. They they destroyed them. They took care of business in the second half. 
They escaped one against Sacramento. They absolutely stole it, but granted, they won the game, and that was something they were supposed to do against Sacramento. What What's the team that they lost to that they weren't the favorite against? You have to go back to the Grizzlies, but even then, that was on the road, and Memphis was a 500 team at the time. I don't know what their record is now. Um, you know, they, I think they still are around a five. Yeah, they're they're above. They're they're one game above five hundred. Memphis is one game above five hundred at this moment in time. So the last time that you can go back to a game where they were the favorite or it was a team, it was a bad team and they didn't win. I believe it's against the Orlando Magic a while back. Like that was the yeah. last one that you can go to. That's a while ago, Nada. And that, that's yeah. that's progress. The Hornets are not doing the Charlotte thing where they'll give you this inexplicable win against a team they have no business beating and then losing to a bottom feeder in the NBA. That's not happening the last month and a half or so. And I think that's real progress from this basketball team. No, it is absolutely real progress. And it's one of the more endearing things. They handled business. What what also was kind of nice in terms of handling business was Gordon Hayward showing up and carrying the team until the team's legs got under underneath? Yeah, good start for him coming back from injury. Like You're he right. had a great start. He did what he was supposed to do, and they and at some point the rest of the team took over. Like Terry took over, and that's kind of what you expect from a team that's probably going to make the playoffs. Like, am am I saying to change your expectations a little bit after I've been saying, after I've been saying enjoy the ride? Little bit. Like this is this is like again at this point I feel I feel confident saying this is a top eight team. Does top eight team mean you should expect playoffs? No. It does mean you expect to play in, which is something I've been kind of consistent on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, so, you should expect to play in from this team at, at this moment in time. Uh, and, and you know, we'll see about the top six. It's it's not out of the realm. It's not out of the realm, but certainly top eight. And uh, I would agree. I think you probably change your expectations at least just a little bit. But it doesn't mean to stop enjoying the ride because it is fun to watch what all these young guys are doing. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. That was a fun one. Thanks again to everyone for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA or really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.